Welcome to Story Comic Presents, where we interview amazing storytellers and artists. This is episode 304. I'm your host, Barney Smith of StoryComic.com, and we're excited to have with us the internationally celebrated podcast personality, voice actor, and creator behind the indie comic series, Treble, The Rhythm Within, Dre Daniels. What's going on, good people? And thank you for having me, Barney. Over 300 episodes. That's insane. And I'm all for it. (laughs) (laughs) You've been a podcast personality for many years. You have a very successful YouTube channel. You have a very successful podcast. You are everywhere when it comes to indie comics. You're a great advocate, mentor to a lot of people. It is been quite an honor to have you you know finally come on you're here now is because you're you're working also through with hades through the asap imaginations anyone world correct yes absolutely and thank you for the momentous introduction i appreciate that (laughs) very very much so um yeah um i've been around for quite some time and it's uh, and it's an honor and privilege to be one of the advocates for the indie sphere, as amongst many others. And this is this is an honor just to be on your show to come and talk with you. This is really cool, Barney. <laughs> and and so Dre, you actually now have your comic book series Trouble over at the Anyone World platform, correct? Yes, 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 yes. That is absolutely correct. Um, when me and Hades, we've had a working relationship um, for a couple of years now. I've actually um interviewed him and Laurie when they were really first starting Any One World and ASAP. At the time, it was called ASAP Comics. Uh, before it was merged over the ASAP Imagination, I had them on my podcast a couple of years ago, and we hit it off so well, and we, we gelled like like old friends. And and ever since then, we've had a really good working relationship. We've, we've collaborated on projects together, some a little hush-hush that we haven't put out <laughs> into the sphere just yet. But um, yeah, but so when he asked me to put my, my Trouble um, series on his platform, I couldn't deny him. It, it was it was absolute gold, and I, I could not help but to add to his catalog. So I was very excited when he asked me uh, to put my, uh, my, my baby my love child on here. So um, I was very, very excited when he, when he requested that of me. So, so talk to us a little bit about uh, Treble and, and what, what your series is about. Absolutely. It's my favorite story to tell, Barney. My fa- oh, <laughs> Michael, I'm so excited. Um, so the question I posed myself before writing this uh, series was, what would happen if music gave you superpowers? That is oh, the question wow. I once posed to myself. And I posed this to myself when I was in middle school. When I posed this question <laughs> to myself. But I did not have the linguistic or writing skills to actually put something together at that point. But um, over the years, um, I started writing certain short stories. And uh, as, as my, I was able to gain my craft, and I, I've produced a few comic strips over the years. I used to go to Washington Post and all that stuff. And I was like, hey, I'm going to revisit my brainchild. And I'm like, yeah, we're going to do it. So I had to study first the mental, emotional, psychological, and stereotypical aspects of music and how it affects the human brain um, before I went into how I was going to make the powers. So 
what I wanted to do. I wanted to put it in a world that I understood. So I grew up in Washington, mm. D.C. So I wanted to put it in Washington, D.C. so that it's a melting pot and there'd be things that I knew that I can actually control in my own brain cannon because I knew where everything was. And I grew up listening to all types of different music. I come from a musical family. I have um, family members that are jazz musicians. I have family that's into opera. I have families that are hip hop artists. Like I come from a very, very musical, musical family. Oh yeah. And, and, and uh, uh, indie rock. Yes. Also in my family. So I was like, Hey, I know music. I'm going to do this. So one thing I did, I sat down and started crafting the genres and how it was reflected in my story. So my main character is uh, Zamir Green. And it's uh, the name uh, Zamir means songbird. And it's the last name Green is a tribute to uh, my mother's maiden name. And I wanted to make this character feel like how I felt when I was like a teenager, you know? So it's like a lot of folks like, oh, the self-insert. I said, not really. It's not really a self-insert. A lot of people that I grew up with look like this. So it's like not really a self-insert. Um, but so when I when I took the music, I wanted to think about what certain music made me feel like. So when I think of rock, I think of aggression. I think of high energy. I think of... Mm. Like, you know, crowd surfing, you know, all that type of high, high energy stuff. So I was like, hey, when he listens to rock music, it's going to be a physical transformation and a mental transformation. So his physical transformation, he gets much bigger and stronger and he has enhanced adrenaline and energy and he becomes a bit more aggressive in the head. So I kind of carried that around for each of the other genres that I featured in this um, arc. And it went off like gangbusters, so I could I couldn't be more happy for how well this art, well the series in general turned out. It was a lot of fun to write, and a lot of the folks that um, have picked up the book they 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 really really like it, and they're looking forward to my next series. And I'm like, hey, everybody, pump the brakes! Put <laughs> together, and so I'm starting to write the next series while I'm making the trade paperback for this um, arc here. So the work never ends, but it was such a joy to to do. And so talk to us a little bit about the world building aspect of this so that you you came up with a concept of how people get superpowers based off of the music. Um, From there, how did you kind of expand out villains and then the world and if there's any like science and then like all, all that stuff, origins and everything? Excellent question, Barney. And it's actually... I love doing this. I, I, I love telling this part. <laughs> so once again, as, as I mentioned earlier, I did a lot of in-depth study of, of my region I grew up in so I can understand how the rogues gallery can work. Right. So how the story works is the water treatment plant is poisoned by a mutagen um, by our main villains. It's poisoned by a mutagen. But it only affects people with O negative blood. That's the only ones that the mutagen affects. Now, why O negative blood? O negative blood is very rare as far as blood types in the Washington, D.C. area. It's Mm. said that about at at the time, at the time of me creating the story anyway, time we created the story, it was about 5% of Washington, D.C. had that blood. So very, very rare. 
So it'll be rare enough for me to create a rogues gallery around that blood type so that so that I don't just randomly pick and choose a bunch of random people. We know how people are infected. So the infection comes only if you had that blood type. So with that, I wanted to make the mutagen um, what was it? a viral. I wanted to make it viral. So I created I created a world in which this virus, which I must specify, I wrote this before COVID was even an idea. Let me put let me, let me caveat that when I wrote it. The virus infected people, then it started then people started having fear of the people that were infected and that 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 people started disappearing. And like all these people that disappeared, they return either later in this series or in my next series, so on and so forth. And they, of course, they return with abilities and powers. And it's oh, like with the picture that you have up here, I'm glad you have um, uh, issue eight's uh, cover up here because the character in the top right, um, Sharkbait, is my favorite character that I put in this joint. I'm a big villain guy, Barney. Huge, right. huge on villains. <laughs> I, like hero- I like villains more than heroes any day, any day. <laughs> And like crafting his story was actually the funnest one to put together. A man-made monster is my favorite type of thing in the world, Mm. especially when you don't when he doesn't want to be a monster, but he is one now. Oh, chef's kiss! And like his story (laughs) arc covers in issues four and five, and it it go it goes so well with the fear and paranoia that's going on in the city because of what has transpired so it was easy to build a world around uh, uh a poison it's, it's, it's easy that way and i took inspiration from well as everyone inspiration from x-men and you know other things like that but one of my main inspirations was static i, I a lot of people it's kind of low-key but barney i'm sure you're very well versed in in um how how dc's well, it became more popular on Static Shock. I made a cartoon maybe about 20 years ago. Right. And yeah. But before that, um, it was the comic from the 90s, which I took a bit of inspiration from because his Static's Rogues Gallery was called The Bang Babies. And I loved that name so much because they had the big bang in Dakota City. Here, the disease that's poisoned everyone is called The Chills. So the okay. Rogues Gallery is called The Children. <laughs> oh wow okay but it's c-h-i-l-l-d-r-e-n is that oh one? that's clever yeah yeah so i took inspiration um from that which i thought was was pretty fun and a lot of people that picked it up some caught on some some very savvy readers caught on like hey i remember this from static number 12 like oh, okay there we go you're hip you're hip you're hip so i really i really enjoyed that and the world building was really really easy and I stick pretty much to the hero's journey um, with this uh, with this character arc for Zamir, aka Trouble. I stick with that because this is this is the world's first introduction to this character. So you want to see him learn, you want to see him grow, you want to see him take some L's, so that when he actually wins, you celebrate, you celebrate. And because me, I'm not into the Mary Sue route and all this stuff. I'm not into that. So right. seeing this character grow and learn and lose and until he finally achieves a victory 
I think is very well rewarding. And I think the, um, the, the view, the reading public is definitely appreciated how that story arc works. So the world building was easy and I had a lot of fun. Hmm. Uh, so what would you say also as a, as a comic book writer is, uh, which other writers, um, are an inspiration to you with, uh, Ooh, with the world you created? That's a very good question. So, so my inspirations are, I'll give you two. I'll give you two there, Barney. One is the easy money, Chuck Dixon, who has influenced everybody from DC, Marvel, Dark Horse, name it. Like his inspiration okay. is everywhere in, in my entire generation of writers, easily so. The other one is a bit more obscure, and his name is Sean McKeever. Now, for those that don't okay. know who Sean McKeever is, um, he was a writer for a lot of anime-esque American-style comics for Udon. Now, Udon did, like, um, Street Fighter, a whole lot of Game 2 uh, comic books. They did a lot okay. of that. But one of his writings that really inspired me was called Sentinel. Now, it's, it was literally about, like, X-Men, Sentinel. But okay. the story was, was written about a young boy who lived in a junkyard who finds a severely damaged sentinel reprograms it and it becomes like his friend and it was like captivating it was heartfelt and there was like aspects of it that i saw in myself with this character um because this character grew up not not with a lot of my eyes he lives in a junkyard he's not doing well for himself you know so like and i took a lot of inspiration from that i didn't grow up with a lot of money i didn't grow up in, in an environment that was you know rah rah elevate everybody so to to see that and then to see the inspiration of how it was written all the characters felt real they felt mm. alive um like he had this love interest and spoiler alert it it he doesn't get the girl at the end like like, like there's so much of it that i connected to myself and i read that story so many times and to see how the world work how even when certain mutants show up in that in that story how it blends so well and the art it popped the writing was was top tier it was mm. one of my favorite arcs of all time and in, including like like i always said several times i was born with a batman comic in my hand you know i got so many copies of dark knight returns up there it's gonna definitely hurt my wallet every <laughs> every time i think about it <laughs> but those two, I think, were my main inspirations, um, especially for this um, particular story arc. The art style, I think, was also influenced by you, Don, um, because like when I was looking for my artist, which is Federico Corsini, shout outs to you, big dog. Um, I wanted someone that would be able to bring that art style to this comic in particular, because I don't think this comic would work in the traditional American art style. I don't think mm. it would have worked as well. So shout outs to him. Shout outs to my boy. Um, because I think I wanted that American anime style because I wanted the pops. I wanted the colors. I wanted to feel larger than life, but at the same time, feel realistic. So it came out pretty, it came out pretty well. But um, definitely, I think Sean McKeever was a huge inspiration, especially him not being um, as mainstream as, as other creators. Um, and of course, Chuck Dixon is le is legendary, you know. So it's um, but yeah. But I'll say those two 
for my main okay. inspirations. I'm pretty sure there's there's others definitely, but I think those two were the meat and potatoes. Was was there any comic book writers that you originally didn't like very much that now you seem to have a renewed appreciation for? Ooh. Well, that's a good question. Well, there's there's one that's been on the fence for years that I that I have a love hate relationship with, and that's Tom King. Tom mm. King, I have a love hate relationship with. Like, if if we're if we're going back, we're doing talking like Kingdom Come and all them other you know capitals of industry. Like like it's Chef's Kiss, but then you'll have like <laughs> so then you'll you'll have like um Heroes in Crisis that actually was released recently, right? Recently, relatively recently, and I'm like, bruh, like we we jumped the shark a little bit about just focusing on the mental aspects of of heroes and in the story really got muddled pretty pretty bad but then he'll re- then he'll release a rorschach book that's top tier and i'm like <laughs> like pick a side <laughs> side man and and that's like i think he's that guy because he's the one where i'm like like man oh god you're great but then it's like what the heck i think it's got to be tom king because usually everyone else i'm pretty even okay like if i loved you back in the day i still kind of love you now the nostalgia bite will get me but i Mm. think tom king tom king came straight to my head right when you asked that question so i'm gonna stick with that answer okay yeah (laughs) yeah yeah i'll roll with that but but so we'll see what he comes out with now that rorschach book that came out i believe it was last year i'm pretty sure because i got on i got on a show somewhere um it uh it was really good and i really enjoyed it so tom king keep doing good stuff Keep doing good stuff. Don't revert back. Keep doing good stuff. So as you mentioned, this series is trouble. Is it it's it's eight issues? That's it, or is this still an ongoing series? So this this arc is eight issues. Um the okay. the so the title is trouble. That's that, right. that's that's the core title. The arc is the rhythm within. That is the arc. That is the eight issue arc. Okay. And I wanted it to be I, I wanted it to be how can I put this simply long enough but not too long. Okay. I think eight issues is a nice origin arc for a, for a character. I think it's nice. I think because we get to know this character, we get to know the, the what the point is, what he wants to achieve, who his friends are, the issues, blah, 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 blah. We can have a good crescendo and we can have some good falling action without overstaying our welcome. And mm-hmm. as, I like to, as I like to call this arc is my A New Hope. It's my A New Hope arc. Right. Um, as far as I'm concerned, we 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 learn about the characters, blah, blah, blah. And there's an issue. And then at the end, we finally achieve it. My next arc is going to be essentially my Empire Strikes Back, pretty much. Oh, okay. Uh, in, 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 my, in my story arcs. And then my third one will be The Return of the Jedi. That's okay. the best way I can put it. So, so we have this arc is like, hey we to get people invested in who this character is to love who this character is and what he represents the next arc is going to be putting him in the freaking fire and <laughs> in the freaking fire and everything is going to go horribly wrong oh, and then our final God. one is going to be how he gets out of them flames and finally achieves ultimate victory so so I think eight issues here was good. Um, my next arc, I think as 
as of today, as of writing so far, it's going to be longer. It's going to be a bit longer than issues. <laughs> this one, this one might have some stretchy power here. So, uh, so I'm still, I still haven't put a solid number on it just yet because I'm still writing the arc, but, um, it's it's gonna be lengthy. It's gonna be lengthy. It's gonna be lengthy. I might have to break it up into uh, minor graphic novels, and I might have to do that the way this is going. But as of right now, it's definitely gonna be longer than eight. But that's an excellent question, Barney. Thank you. Now, so because as a comic book writer, as a creator as well, uh, how do you have a stack of um, unfinished ideas and work that you haven't been able to get to yet? Oh my Barney, you have no idea. You have no idea how much how much crap I have stacked up in one of these folders on this on this computer here. Um there was one that I wanted to revisit that I wrote back in 2010 uh called Pandemonium okay. that never saw the light of day. Um which was a, at the time it was going to be a traditional novel. Um but then I got bored with it. um but it was going to be a traditional novel but i'm in the midst of thinking about revisiting it um i'm actually also dipping my toes in well actually i dipped my toe a few years ago in a don't laugh at me a dramatic romance okay <laughs> a dramatic romance and that is still collecting some dust there as well um untitled as of now but um collecting dust um i've also also had in my dead folder as i as i like to call it um a western um it's gonna be action adventure western in the dc universe and it's gonna be like someone that was jonah x-esque um in that in that world that so like he like this character is gonna be in that universe with like jonah hex inside of things stuff like that so like there's there's so much crap in that folder <laughs> that that some of it like like some of it I think if I if I peel the layers back and actually be gold, but <laughs> as of right now, it's in it's in my trash bin. It is in my trash bin, <laughs> but but it could be something really good. But I'd have to really hunker down and stop doing all my other projects that I'm working on and, and really try to focus on it. But yeah, but I haven't really. Oh right. man, Barney, now you got me thinking about it. Oh, don't make me think about it. <laughs> what is you? So, so then let, let me ask you this then as a, as a, as a comic book adjacent question then is like, what is your writing kryptonite? What's uh what's your big writing weakness? Ooh, I mean, writer's block is always the easy answer, right? Writer's mm. block is always the easy answer. But for me, my kryptonite is first of all, okay. First of all, my main kryptonite is obsession of how the story interconnects that's my first one okay. i am obsessed with make with my story making sense like you might think to yourself shouldn't you do that anyway yes obviously you should but it's so easy to get wrapped up in something else that the story can be neglected case in point right i could be i could be so focused like, like let's take shark bait for instance my favorite character right in the entire series I I took a moment. I got so wrapped up in his arc. I took I completely neglected how I was going to intertwine it to make it make sense in the greater story. Like I literally had to take a break from writing the AB story for issues four and five to be like, 
Sharpbait, I'm going to have to screw you right now. I've got to figure out how we're going to get our hero to intertwine with the story that I'm going with right now. So that's right. one of the things. And then I obsess over that a long time because I'm in love with Sharkbait. I'm in love with them. That's my dude. But I had to really sacrifice quite a bit. And not to mention, I had to cut a lot of his arc down just so I can make the page requirements pretty right. much. So I can easily get caught up in that because I can get so excited about a character that, you know, because once it's in your brain, it's fine. But when it's on the paper, it becomes alive. Right. So that's definitely one of those things. Um, my other kryptonite, which I think a lot of other um, writers um, deal with, is, I wouldn't call it a kryptonite, but I always have to focus on direction for my artist. I have to put a lot of focus on that because, once again, it's, 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 it's a good problem to have, but, once again, obsessive problem to have. Mm. How I write all my comic scripts, because... Um, I've, I've, I've been I've trained in drama and stuff like that. So I write them like stage directions. I write them in stage directions. Like some panelists don't like doing that or whatever the case may be. But me, I have to write. I, I've spent like a day writing one panel on one page. And like the panel description is like, like scroll. <laughs> like, mm. like it, like, so I guess ultimately my kryptonite is obsessiveness. I think that's, I think that's what it is. I think I have to come to grips, Barney. That I have an obsessive yeah. personality and there's something wrong with me. I think that's what I have to say. I think it's, it's an obsessive personality because I want it to be perfect so badly. I want right. it to be perfect so badly. And I want people to see my vision so ferociously that I can get lost in where I was actually going to begin with. And I have right. to reel my fish back in. And so I, I think that's it. I think that's it, Barney. I, I, I have to come to grips with that. Who's the audience for your comics? Are you making this because this is a story you want to tell? Or is this something that you, is, is the comic book for your readership? Or is this comic book for you? That's an excellent question, Barney. Now, to be honest, it's a bit of both. It's yeah. a bit of both. Um, when I started writing this story, it was originally just for, and this one, in this case, was originally just for me. Because mm. I didn't quite understand, and at understand where um the modern reader was going at the time let me put okay. put it that way where the modern reader was going at the time because there's some things in dc that i didn't agree with there's things in marvel i didn't agree with there's some things in dark horse image name it there was a lot of stuff i didn't agree with and uh and the viewership was dwindling but i was like i don't i'm not sure what the viewing public likes but i know i like well-told stories and that's where it kind of started. And then when I saw that people that, that got my book were like, hey, I like where this is going. I'm really enjoying this. I would like to see more. Hey, you left me on a really crazy cliffhanger. What happens next? I'm like, oh, snap. People like this. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. I said, let me keep up doing what, what I'm doing. So what I had to come to grips with was the overwhelming majority of the reading comic public Likes what I like. <laughs> right. A well-told story, a well-crafted story, characters that you can get behind, characters that you want to hate. Like, the overall majority are into that. So it mm -hmm. ended up transforming into, hey, this is just a story. It's a love note to comics from yesteryear in the 80s and 90s and stuff. It's a love letter. It turned into that. And then it transformed into wow, modern audiences actually still like what 
was. And I'm like, yo, okay. So, I mean, luckily for me, luckily for me, I wrote it in a way that I did not have to make many corrections when I was, when it was going to board. So I'm like, Hey, people like it. People are excited. People are having fun. We have ourselves a recipe. So I'm like, yeah, so it rolled, but that was an excellent question, Barney. Excellent question. I appreciate it. With that said, when you, when you sit down to write, does it energize you or does it exhaust you? Writer's block is real. Writer's block Mm. is a very, real thing and many people have it for many different reasons some is like you just don't know where the story wants to go blah 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 blah. Yada, yada, yada. but for me my writer's block comes from how once again back to the obsessive part it it drains me when i can't mesh it the way i want like when things are cooking like gang busted but right mm. when i get to a point where i'm like okay I understand how I'm going to end this issue, but how am I going to segue this into the next? And that's where I start hitting that wall. And that's when I start getting exhausted and tired. And I got to put, I got to put my pen down and be like, okay, I'm going to go play some streets of rage and I'm going to figure this out later. And so that, so it can be drank. So it's a little bit of both there, Barney. Um, like, Like when I'm cooking, I'm cooking, but when that wall is hit, I definitely have to take a huge step back. Definitely. Right. So what kind of advice would you give for aspiring comic book writers? Ooh, first, first thing I'll always tell aspiring comic writers, just start putting it on paper, period. Put it Mm. on paper, no matter how ridiculous, no matter how insane, no matter how stupid you may think, whatever your story is or wherever it's going, put it on paper paper because then it becomes real hmm. once it becomes real then you can watch it grow then you can watch it change then you can watch like hey you know what what i wrote three pages ago sounds like trash now that i've gotten this far let me go back revisit this and like oh oh that fits better oh i like that more oh it's imperative you put it hmm. on paper and number two ignore the naysayers Ignore the naysayers because there's always going to be people, always, always going to be p- people that's going to tell you, oh, it's not good enough. Oh, it sucks. Blah, 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 blah. As I like to say, if these people are not credible, show them the door. That's mm. always my thing. I, I as, as my grandmother used to say, never take stupid advice from stupid people. <laughs> <laughs> And that's one of the things that I would definitely advocate. I'm like, hey, if this is somebody that is, let's say, let's just say, I'm not trying to toot my own horn or nothing. That's not my point. But, but like, let's say you, let's say somebody had wrote a script and they're like, hey, I want to know your honest, my honest feelings on it. I would right. take my words more credibly than a random troll on the internet. That's, hmm. that's the way I would, I would consider it. And I think that's, I think that's, I think that's a big two. Third thing. If you if you are strictly a writer and not an artist or anything else, get a good team behind you. It okay. is imperative to have a good team. Me, I was lucky. I was very lucky because I can write, I can direct, I can edit. I have a lot of the skills already. But these are all thumbs, Barney. All thumbs. So <laughs> I, the art I can't do. 
and I and I was able to find a great artist that was willing to contend with my insanity. A great artist. To, and he and me and him, we built something beautiful. So it's imperative. I think that third one, definitely have a good team behind you. Maybe you're a good writer. Maybe you're a terrible editor. Maybe you don't know direction very well. Maybe you can't produce to save your life. Get a good team that's going to back your play. I know a lot of people in the industry, a lot of indies guys that that you that have put a lot of good teams together, a lot of good teams, editors, writers, producers, directors, artists, anchors, colorists, like like putting a whole team together to make something beautiful. If you don't have all the skills, don't be ashamed. Don't be ashamed. Get right. a good team. So right. put it on paper. Ignore the naysayers. And put a good team together. I think yeah, I think anybody okay. starting out, they'll be a okay. So so Dre, if people want to learn more about your work, where's the best place they could go to? Oh, that's tremendous. So you can always, if you want to check out my work, you can always check me out on anyoneworld.com. I I love I love this site and I love everybody on A7. Check out my work there. Um, one of my other sites is uh, spinwiz.com. If you're into getting hard copies and you and you love having them in your hands this is one of my this is one of my flagship ones that you can get um, print on demand sent right to you if you want anything custom you can always hit me up directly on uh twitter x whatever you want to call it now at the brute zero zero on twitter um that's one of the easiest ways to contact me i'm always on twitter usually mm. doing something ridiculous or doing something also, you can hit me up on YouTube at the Brutal Planet Comics YouTube channel. Um, you can send me private messages there. You can comment on my videos or what have you. I'd love to hear from everybody. I'd love to hear your responses. I'm on Facebook here and there, so you definitely can check out my Facebook, and that's fine. But mm. usually, hit me up on Twitter. Twitter, that is the best way to X, X, Twitter. You know what it is. <laughs> at the root zero zero. That's the best way to get in contact with me. And that's the best way to keep up with all the updates that I'm doing because I got something very, very, very special cooking up very soon, which I'm not <laughs> going to make public just yet, but I am fired up about it. But when it is going public, oh, Delali is going to be glad. Hit me up on Twitter. I love to hear from folks. Just hit me up and say hello. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's good enough for me. I like a hello. Well, listen, Dre, you got to come back on when you get, uh, when you're ready for that next project. When that's. Oh. Oh, make no mistake, Barney. It is going to melt. So, and I'll definitely love to come back on and and drop all the nuggets on you because I'm telling you, you're going to be fired up. You're going to be fired up for this one. Well, thank you so much, Dre. Oh, the pleasure was all mine, Barney. Thank you for taking the time to come and, and having me on on your on your great <laughs> podcast to come and share my work with you and um, your viewing audience. Um, this is a pleasure and. As one podcaster to another, you're doing a great thing for the indie sphere. Um, keep up that great work. And anybody else that's in the independent sphere that wants somebody to talk to, that's the guy. Barney's the guy. <laughs> Always talk to him. Absolutely. And he has great questions. So, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that's for sure. Oh, oh. Thank you.
that money back for a second. Ooh, that hurt my head. Sean <laughs> Keeper. Sean Keeper. Good lord. Wow. That now it got my goodness. Okay, I'm ready, Bart. I'm ready. Bart. I'm ready. <laughs> okay, go for it. Yeah. So my inspiration.